Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. If you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema. So it is the month of April 2022, and it is once again that very special time of the month wherein we do our very special Catching Up on Blu-ray episode. Um... Now, dear listener, if you're not familiar with the show format, essentially what that entails is uh, we're going to be taking a look at the physical media release calendar. Uh, So that would be DVDs, Blu-rays, and 4K discs. And uh, just say a little something about any particular titles that uh, jump out at us. And uh, by us, I mean me, uh, because as evidenced by my voice being the only one you've probably heard by now, hopefully, um, it's just you and I today. Uh, so this is going to be a solo rundown of the April 2022 releases. Uh, hopefully it'll be a quick one, but also a fun one. Uh, that's the hope, anyway. Uh, that being said, uh, dear listener, if you'd like to follow along with the home version of Catching Up on Blu-ray, you can do so by navigating to the lovely website, uh, blu-ray.com, and then head to the uh, release dates uh, page, and then navigate to the April 2022 uh, page. Uh, and also, if you're not familiar with uh, how the physical media release calendar generally works, um, DVDs, Blu-rays, and 4Ks typically drop on Tuesdays of each calendar week. So I'll be sure to call out the release dates as we go along. But like I said, I'm not going to be doing a comprehensive overview of the entire month. I'm just going to be shouting out uh, any titles that jump out at, for, at me for whatever reason. Um, so let's uh, start things off by heading to the first uh, proper release date for the the uh, month of April 2022. That would be April 5th, uh, which is the first Tuesday of that month. Uh, and right out the gate, as is customary, um, with the way Blu-ray.com organizes their release calendar, uh, we have our 4K titles right up front. First one, of course, being uh, Scream, uh, so-called just Scream. Uh, so this is technically Scream 5. Uh, however, the studio decided to release it as simply Scream. So I guess Scream 2022. Uh, I have not seen the film, so I'll just throw that out there. Uh, I actually don't, I can't speak to the quality or the reputation of the film. I will say that the cover art does boast a certified fresh stamp. Um, I know sometimes that's used strictly as like a selling point, but um, maybe that's true. I actually didn't really devote much of my time to looking up uh, reviews for this particular title but maybe there's some significance like in the film itself as to why it's simply called scream i i don't know uh, i wouldn't be surprised um in terms of like my personal relationship to the scream franchise actually i i have a lot of fond memories of the scream films uh unlike kyle who between me and and him uh, my regular co-host kyle uh, i actually think of him as more of the horror head between the two of us. He's more the horror uh, aficionado or connoisseur uh, rather than myself. However, uh, one key difference in our uh, our horror movie diet is that uh, I had a spell where I was really, really into slasher movies. Uh, so this is a, a particular subgenre that I'm very fond of, whereas Kyle is not. Um, and that, that fondness extends to the Scream franchise. Uh, I was very, very pleased with a few of those films. A uh, third one, I think, is the low point of the franchise. But actually, I remember renting the fourth one and thinking it wasn't half bad. Uh, so, in general, I think there's more pluses than minuses uh, to the Scream franchise. Uh, 
again, this is coming from someone who hasn't seen this latest entry in the franchise, but I think uh, one very important detail to point out with this one uh, is that this is the only film that is uh, sadly not directed by Wes Craven, who unfortunately passed away a while back. Um, So this is directed by the pair of uh, Matt Bettinelli uh, Olpin and Tyler Gillett. Um, Now, as far as I understand, just glancing at their filmography, uh, we have, uh, they did a short for VHS, uh, they did Devil's Due, Southbound, and then uh, Ready or Not, which it uh, truthfully, aside from VHS, that's the only title that really jumps out at me. Um, I know some people were pretty fond of Ready or Not, but um, I can't say that I've personally seen any of their films. Um, so I'm going, I'd am going. i be going into this one largely blind as to what to expect from any of, of the, I don't know, the, the, the trappings or tropes of their filmography, if they even have any. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, I actually am very excited to check this one out. Um, I'm not going to blind buy this, uh, 4K or Blu-ray, um, but I probably will end up renting it or something because, as I said, I've, I've, I'm attached to this franchise, and it's they, they got me with the nostalgia factor, just seeing all the faces coming back to the screen and, and knowing that it's a, con- a legitimate continuation of the franchise, Sans Craven, which is very, very unfortunate, um, actually is a selling point to me. And also, like a... A funny little detail that I'm I'm curious about because I, I did see some trailers for this one. Um, beyond that, I don't know anything about its content. But um, David Arquette uh, recently had a, a documentary a couple years ago come out called uh, I think it's You Cannot Kill David Arquette, and it was a documentary following him re-entering the world of professional wrestling uh, very recently. And as far as I understand, I, I, I haven't seen it. I'd very much like to because I, I, I am a fan of pro wrestling. Um, and I most certainly do remember when David Arquette held the WCW championship um, as part of like a, a co-promotion with the with the film he was in. I think it was Ready to Rumble. Um, that was a dark time for uh, WCW, at least for the hardcore fans. I, I just thought of it as just like a funny little episode in the the long history of goofy episodes in that company but i i remember uh, a lot of the hardcore fans were really deeply upset by that and that's that's why he he uh, resumed his pro wrestling career was apparently it was like an attempt to uh, like retroactively re- legitimize his his claim to that title so he actually went on the indie circuit and became a legitimate professional wrestler and took the bumps took his licks did hardcore matches and stuff um, very fascinating, but um, what I'm getting at with that is that um, I saw in the trailer that he he does have at least one moment in the trailer where he gets physical with Ghostface, so I was theorizing that's like, huh, you know, if I was a fucking filmmaker and I had David Arquette, who has not been terribly active in film, but is known to be a professional wrestler... I would do the Rowdy Roddy Piper thing, like like J- John Carpenter and They Live, and just like put together a fucking hardcore match between him and Ghostface, just just because I know he has that as part of like his skill set. So I don't know if David Arquette goes through any tables or gets hit with any chairs in Scream 2022, um, but I'm going to go into it hoping for that, um, which I guess is not fair to the film, but truthfully that is in the back of my mind as I'm going into it. But yeah, uh, not going to be buying it. 
definitely will be watching it though uh, moving on uh, our next 4k title for april 5th is a uh, death on the nile <laughs> kalel no i need you to give me enough champagne to fill the nile <laughs> i found a I, I don't even know how I found it, but it was some stupid fucking clip on Twitter of uh, Gal Gadot uh, saying all those lines. It was just somebody stitched together a bunch of her dialogue from various movies over the years, and it just sounds like a, an otherworldly computer voice, just because to, to an American's ears anyway, her Israeli English accent just is it otherworldly. It, it is so unfamiliar. Um, but besides that um i will say this much i have heard very good things about this movie not not a wonderful things but i've heard it's a fun ride like it, it's easily digestible it's mostly pretty to look at and you know it came out in a year that was really really big for the director and the and the star uh, kenneth branagh um i did not see uh, murder on the orient express the other uh, poirot film um also starring and directed by kenneth branagh but um i have heard rumblings that like people are people are kind of enthusiastic about this this franchise i mean i know we're we're getting a knives out two and maybe three and uh i mean every streaming service on the planet uh, is just putting out a uh, true crime story after true crime story so like murder mysteries are very much in vogue at the moment so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a continuation of this series, especially considering, you know, Agatha, Agatha Christie has a pretty dense body of work to draw from. So it's like from a script writing standpoint, it's like it's pretty fucking easy to crank the shit out. So um, I, I'm not in a hurry to check this one out. Uh, however, it, it pleased me to hear that it's not a pile of shit. Uh, just because it, I don't know, it has a cast of charismatic people, some uh, one or two problematic people, but um, I don't know. There's there's a charming quality to to I don't know the costume drama slash murder mystery subgenre that I, even if I'm not running out to go watch all these things, it's kind of neat just to know that they're out there. Um, but moving on, uh, what else we got? Um, we have a film called Parallel Mothers from 2021 uh, that is also certified fresh. This is from uh, Sony Pictures. Ah, uh, I believe this is the Penelope Cruz film that was making waves. Uh, this was a big fucking deal. Uh, just it wasn't on my radar. But yes, that's coming out on April 5th on Blu-ray, not 4K. Um, we have uh, another film that's apparently certified fresh, a Shutter original which uh, normally uh, Brad, the guy, uh, the guy from the Cinema Speak podcast, my good buddy Brad, uh, normally I'd be poking him about this if he'd watched it or not because uh, he, he, <laughs> he, he, he has a Shutter subscription. I don't know how often he takes advantage of it, but um, every time I run into these Shutter original films, it's, it's my duty as the host of the show to ask him if he's familiar with it or if it's been getting a promotional push of some sh sort. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about this one other than apparently it's certified fresh and uh, it uh, has David Koechner in the cast. Uh, it looks like it's probably gory and has a sense of humor about itself. I, I'd hesitate to call it a proper horror film just based on the font um, and the presence of David Koechner. Then again, you know, he was in a Final Destination film, so I, 
I guess those I guess that's technically a horror film, although I I, I laugh at all those films. I think they're fucking hilarious. Like legitimately, a lot of those films are really fucking fun. But um, beyond that, I don't really know a whole lot about this one. Um, beside that, though, uh, we do have a film that I I know a couple of things about and would very much like to see uh, because it's long been on my to do list. Uh, this would be Two LDK from Unearthed Films. Uh, this is a Japanese film from two thousand three. Um, Unearthed Films is a is a kind of like a boutique label. They they don't have a huge output at the moment, but they have been gobbling up some interesting titles as of late. Uh, this is directed by Yukihiko Tsutsumi, and uh, this movie is notable in that uh, I did a review for uh, it's a the it's pair I guess. Um, so this film was part of a project called the Dual Project, where uh, director Ryuhei Kitamura and uh, Yukihiko Tsutsumi um, they kind of made like a like a a bet almost, where basically the idea was uh, they had to make a film that contained a duel, took place in one location, and uh, was shot on the quick and on the cheap. Uh, and this film, 2LDK, as far as I understand, carries the better reputation uh, between the two. Um, the other film being Aragami, which I did a full-length review of, also a solo affair. Um, but this one is apparently the better between the two, and I've never seen it. Um, however, obviously, I, I am very well aware of it and its reputation. Um, I'd, I'd be really curious to check this one out. Um, it's kind of random, actually, that it would pop up on the calendar. Uh, like, I, I, this is a title I never would have expected to get a Blu-ray release, honestly. Um, but moving on, uh, we have some more Japanese shit, which, of course, being as it's me, I'm going to highlight them because that's what I do. Um, so we have uh, Superior 8 Ultra Brothers. Um, that's n- like not in a, a direct translation of the, of the Japanese title, but um, this is an Ultraman film that I actually already purchased this and watched it rewatched it i'd seen it before but uh that was like a i don't know a fan sub way back in the day when it first came out uh, in 2008 uh this is an ultraman film that combines the uh like the heisei era uh ultraman so the ultraman of the 90s like the late 90s through the like early 2000s um with the ultraman of the 60s through the 70s um kind of a big fucking deal from a fan service standpoint although i i don't know i i this is barely a fucking film honestly like i'm a i'm a fan like i gobbled his shit up but uh this this movie drags some serious ass um and also it it has a a problem that crops up in a lot of these these uh tokusatsu films like of this vintage of the 2000s uh in that instead of you know the men in rubber suits doing wrestling moves on each other, the stuff that I show up for, essentially. Um, our finale ends up just being a CGI fest, and it's Japanese CGI from the late 2000s, so you better fucking believe it was done on the cheap and on the quick. Not by Japanese standards, mind you, but from an American standpoint, it's like, ooh, that is some raggedy shit. <laughs> um, so it it's just not as charming as it could be. Plus, like I said, it, it drags some serious fucking ass. So uh, even for like a little kid, I, I don't know that this would be the Ultraman movie that I put on for them. Um, but I bought it because I'm a degenerate and I, I'm really into Ultraman. Uh, speaking of which, I'm not that far gone, though, that I will be purchasing Ultra 7X, the complete collection, all like 12 or 13 episodes of it or whatever. 
Um, these are both from Milk Creek, by the way. Uh, so Ultra 7X, the reason I'm not going to be picking it up is that um, this came out in 2007. Um, and aside from really liking the redesign of the, of the, of the titular Ultra 7X character, um, I really didn't like this show. Uh, I, I watched it via fan subs back in the day, uh, via BitTorrent and fan subs in 2007. So I was uh, probably in college at the time. And uh, yeah, I, I was like, wow, that was a total fucking fart in the wind. And also very similar to the movie I just talked about. Um, just too much bullshit CGI. It's like, dude, I'm here to see men in rubber suits throw each other through buildings and shit <laughs> like i'm here for rick flair chops and wrestling moves in rubber suits god damn it um not not cgi bullshit um and unfortunately that was the route they took with a lot of the monster designs and a lot of the fight choreography and stuff and it, it just it just didn't do it for me there were there were other better things being done in the genre uh, around that time so i i watched it i forgot about it and now it's back and i don't care um, moving on, though, uh, we have The Violent Breed from 1984. This is a Code Red release. Uh, this is apparently an Italian film that was shot in Thailand. Um, interesting cover art. I kind of dig it. Uh, we also have The Body of My Enemy from Kino. Um, I don't know a whole lot about this, but the, uh, the cover art is striking, and it's a Jean-Paul Belmondo film. Uh, I've seen his name pop up in the Kino Library many a time uh, in the past couple of years. Um, but bopping on down, uh, we have The Indian Tomb, which I'm only highlighting because it's from 1921, and it's also a Kino release. Uh, it's not often you see movies of that vintage get put out on Blu-ray. Uh, we have what appears to be a horror film, uh, The Long Night, uh, from Well Go, uh, apparently an alternative title for this one is The Coven, um, or <laughs> if you're Mark Borchart, The Coven. Um, this is from 2022. It's from Well Go, and beyond that, uh, I will say this much. The cover art is very lazy. Uh, not a fan, but I just felt I'd highlight it. Um, for whatever the fuck reason, we have Prehysteria 2 from Full Moon Features. Um, I okay I'm, i i just looked it up right now uh yes they did put out prehysteria one um that's what i was curious about is like hang on did we just like put out prehysteria two without putting out prehysteria um this is one of those movies that i uh i was definitely aware of i think i saw prehysteria when i was a little kid like i wouldn't be surprised if my parents rented it for us or something because it was you know it was 1993 dinosaurs were kind of a big deal and we had you know we, we we were just getting like blitzed from every angle we had like we had jurassic park we had i mean on the lower end of things carnosaur and we had we're back a dinosaur story and then prehysteria and the, uh, the land before time direct video sequels and shit um prehysteria i think of as being one that was probably lost in the shuffle i'm pretty sure i have greater memories and appreciation for the terrible thunder lizards than i do prehysteria but now both of them are out on blu-ray if you so desire to add them to your collection um beside that we have what appears to be an eastern european horror film uh the ice demon could be russian i don't know i can't tell just based on the names but uh, i actually kind of dig this cover art uh, it's like a, a frozen zombie, but like the, the frozen aspect of it is like stretching outward, like 
like icicles almost. It reminds me of the good old days of of walking the aisles of your mom and pop rental store and having those eye-catching horror movie covers that were always going well like above and beyond to to catch your eye like it actually is pretty pretty out there i i dig it um and beside that we have another certified fresh title this would be jockey from 2022 uh 21 rather uh from sony pictures and um never i i don't know that i've ever seen a movie headlined by a clifton collins jr he's a very very capable actor but um it's not often i think of him as being a leading man but uh, certified fresh it's about a jockey starring clifton collins jr um what else we got um last one i'll point out here is uh an anime title um so something that often happens on uh, our blu-ray episodes on our catching up on blu-ray episodes is uh, we tend to gloss over a lot of uh anime releases uh simply because there's there are so goddamn many of them um and i've been out of the game for so very long that it's very difficult for me to know like what what's popular with the kids and what's not so like it's hard for me to just like pinpoint which ones are high profile releases and which ones aren't um however this one is one that i don't believe is a big fucking deal although it is a curiosity to me in particular which is why i'm highlighting it Uh, so this would be megalobox colon nomad uh this is season two of the megalobox show which is as i understand it um a reimagining of the classic uh, manga and anime from the 60s uh ashita no joe uh, tomorrow's joe uh, which i have a poster of hung up in my apartment i've had it since uh, i was in college a uh, big fan of the original um cannot say the same for megalobox i bought the super duper special edition blind of a uh, the first season of Megalobox, and I was largely disappointed in it. It has its moments, but the quality of the animation just isn't there. Uh, I didn't find the soundtrack to be all that good. Um, and as far as like, I don't know, paying homage to uh, the source material, it it doesn't really do a very good job of it. Um, and the and the boxing is not rendered particularly well, which is very very important to me personally. Um, so. Megalobox 2 is one of those things where it's like, am I going to take a gamble in, in hoping and praying that this is better than, than what I already know to be somewhat mediocre? Um, so I do have this one like on, saved on a wish list somewhere, but I have yet to pull the trigger on purchasing it just because it, it's very difficult for me to justify it at this moment. But it's, it's out now, um, and more than likely I'll end up just brushing past it. Uh, sad but true uh so let's bop on down to the next calendar week uh we have april 12th 2022 and uh like i said we often start things off with 4k so let's go right ahead with that and kick things off with spider-man colon no way home on 4k from 2021 this was of course the mcu film that uh absolutely destroyed the box office um I'm not going to talk about plot details and whatnot because, you know, there's a very good chance that someone out there potentially, hopefully, listening to this uh, hasn't seen the film or has gone to great lengths to avoid spoilers or something. So I'll just say that um, I didn't really like it that much. Like, I, I thought it was fine. Like, like it was it was a serviceable film, uh, as so many of these MCU mo- movies end up being. 
Um, and that's coming from someone who owns all of them and it is invested in it and loves absolutely loves superhero comics. I'll, kind of always has. Uh, it's something. <laughs> it's something I've been somewhat closeted about, honestly. Where it's like I I I don't talk about it uh, in public very often, simply because I don't have many people to talk to about it. Um, but I've I've read many a, a comic uh, in my lifetime, and it's it's something I don't do anymore because it's cost prohibitive, and I have too many hobbies and too many collections as it is. So something had to give. So several years ago, I just decided to quit cold turkey, just because you know gotta pay the rent gotta keep the lights on um but yeah uh, i'm invested in the mcu i i watch all the movies although once the disney plus stuff started coming out i threw my hands up and said uh yeah you're asking too much of me it's like i only have so many hours available to me um i, I just can't do it so i i'm i will try uh to watch the shows i if i don't if i don't end up watching some of them though it's fine like, I don't even have a Disney Plus uh, subscription at the moment. Um, I'll probably resubscribe if if they put out something that interests me personally. Um, but at the moment, I'm just like, you know what? I got too much on my plate. It's just not worth it. But um, Spider-Man No Way Home was fine. Like, it, it's, it's like 80% fucking fan service, which at times feels weird. Um, in general, the, the production feels weird because there's... There are moments of filmmaking, especially in the early goings, that feel very inspired, um, that feel technical and coordinated in a way that other parts of the movie do not. Um, I kind of felt that in some of the other MCU movies, in particular, like the first Ant-Man movie has this strange rhythm to it where whenever we're doing dialogue scenes, I'm I'm just begging the, the cinematographer, the editor to just like do something to inject some form of energy and creativity into the way shots are being framed and how edits are being done. But it's all so vanilla. But then you get to the, the CGI, like the pure CGI special effects sequences, and that's where the creativity gets thrown in there. But it's it's like you're watching movie like a movie made by two different people. It's very it's very all over the place. And Spider-Man was kind of that for me, where it's like Oh, there's a lot of just people standing in rooms like conveniently about six feet apart from each other and there's very little blocking to the scenes like like we're not we're not coordinating a scene we're just kind of like saying the lines and obviously doing a lot of riffing um i hate to say it but it it did have some covid production vibes to it like it, it's it's a sad reality of of the industry at at the moment like at this very moment that there there are certain things that have to be done differently now and i've started to notice that like crowd scenes are less of a thing and i've started to notice extras wearing masks and stuff and like i said there's a lot of scenes in this where there's very few people in a room together and they're all oddly spaced apart and then on top of that there's a couple of key actors in this not necessarily key actors but important characters in this film that are 100% represented by CGI, and beyond that, my eagle eye spotted, uh, no, that that is stock footage. Like, I saw that footage. I saw that exact same shot of that man in 2007, and he most certainly does not look like that in 2021. <laughs> um, so there's at least two, two different actors in this film that, as far as I understand, covid may have played a part in them not being able to be on set with the other actors and in fact there's a lot of that going on like there's a lot of, there's a lot of strange 
setups, like a lot of strange blocking to to scenes where people it it reeks of individual actors being ushered onto a green screen set doing their role and then we'll fix it in post and that doesn't bode well for the fe- the future like I, I i i hate seeing that like if if you're going to use technology to put together a film it's like it's cool that you got it done but that's so very sad to me and and it's at this point anyway feels evident when it happens um but yeah it's 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 a fine movie uh, it's not a, an offensive waste of your time or anything. I just I didn't I, I didn't get as much out of it, I guess, as some of the some of the people who maybe went to the theater or something, because that that's where it made all its money. But um, anyway, moving on, uh, we have RoboCop, Paul Verhoeven's uh, RoboCop from 1987 being put out by Arrow uh, in both Steelbook and a special edition box set. I got my special edition box set because I fucking love RoboCop. Robocop's the man like I I, Paul Verhoeven is an immensely talented filmmaker um, and Robocop has always been very very special to me Um, I'm not even going to say much more than that other than this was like a no-brainer for me where it's like oh well they're putting out a Robocop 4k and Arrow's doing it well sign me up I'm in how much does it cost I don't care uh, so yeah, I got mine. I watched it. I enjoyed it, uh, and the hope is that I'll have an opportunity to rewatch it very, very soon uh, with the girlfriend because she has not seen it, um, and that absolutely needs to be corrected. Um, we also have from Arrow uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein from 1994 on 4K. So this would be another Kenneth Branagh film, and one that I thought about buying, be- but not for the reasons you think because. Um, his rendition of Frankenstein is, I, I find it to be absolutely hilarious, and it's not meant to be. It's meant to be melodramatic, um, but I find it to be absolutely hilarious. There's so many laugh-out-loud moments in this movie, to me personally. Um, it's also a handsome production. Like, the production design, his sets, his costumes, the soundtrack, all that stuff is always there in a Kenneth Branagh film. Like, the man loves he loves his sets he loves his costumes um so it's a very handsome film to to view but the the approach to the editing and and the line deliveries and stuff and especially the camera work it's it's almost like sam raimi-esque at times um i i adore this film but i also think it's kind of trashy um i don't know if i'm ready to spend money on it i do actually have this one on dvd um but I, I have yet to meet another person who, who appreciates this film in precisely the way I do. Like, a lot of people, like, legitimately like it. And I'm like, no, I think it's crap. But I think it's, like, my kind of crap. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think I'm prepared to buy it just yet. But we'll see. Um, we also have uh, Come On, Come On, uh, starring uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, this is a black and white film from 2021. This is being put up on Lionsgate. Um, and as I said, is certified fresh, probably a big fucking deal. But um, as tends to be the case with, you know, good movies, not really on my radar. Um, we have New Year's Evil. Uh, this is a 2K restoration being put out by Kino. Um, the plot summary sounds like a lot of fun. Um, this is actually a slasher that I I only know via a couple of clips and like it's it being like tangentially just mentioned in a uh, 
like documentaries I've seen over the years. Uh, the plot summary is as follows: During a New Year's Eve celebration, a punk rock and new wave show host gets a phone call saying that when New Year's strikes in each time zone, someone will be murdered, and she will be the last one. Uh, it sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, not a movie I would purchase for my for my personal collection, but uh, Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast, I'm looking at you, bud. Uh, this seems like one right up your alley. Um, Beside that, though, uh, we have uh, some class. Uh, we have our first uh, Criterion release uh, for the month of April. That would be Walker, a film by Alex Cox. Um, this is being put out by Criterion. It's from 1987, and it looks like uh, Ed Harris is our headlining star. Um, this actually looks pretty fucking awesome. Um, I actually don't know this film by reputation, Uh but it's directed by uh, Alex Cox, who has given us some quirky films over the years. Uh, the main one that comes to mind is uh, Repo Man, which I have seen. I don't own it, but I did see it back in like my college days. Thoroughly enjoyed that film. But uh, this film, Walker, I've never even heard of it. But combination of Ed Harris in the 90s and Alex Cox um, and that cover art has me uh, having some high hopes for that one. So that, that's a... well. Uh, Ed Harris in the 80s, rather. Um, yeah, I'm hopeful for that one, but uh, probably not going to be blind buying it. Um, one that I would consider blind buying, however, is uh, Tentacles being put out by Kino. Uh, this is from 1977. This is, of course, a, uh, uh, I guess you'd call it like a Jaws ripoff. Um, it, obviously, it's it's about a giant octopus or a giant squid of some sort. I know this film uh, by reputation just because I... I was obsessed with like aquatic uh, monster movies at a certain point in my life and continue to be to this day. Uh, but this is actually one that I haven't seen. Uh, but this one stars John Huston, Shelley Winters, Henry Fonda. Uh, quite the cast for a Jaws ripoff. Um, I, I absolutely need to point out that the, uh, the cover art for this one that, that they used for the Kino box anyway uh, is a painting uh, from one of my very favorite artists. Um, it's a uh, Noriyoshi Orai, uh, who's a Japanese artist who passed away a few years ago, and it's actually due to his passing that I came to know his name. Like, because I've I've been admiring his work literally my entire life. Uh, he did the cover art for any number of uh, Koei uh, video games, so like Nobunaga's Ambition, and uh, a lot of uh, period era strategy titles from the NES and like Famicom days. Um, and more importantly, though, to, to me personally, anyway, uh, he did the poster and the cover art for the Heisei era of Godzilla films, so that'd be 1984 through 1995. Um, absolutely phenomenal artist. Uh, he's, he's done some incredible work. And as soon as I learned his name, I ran out and uh, gobble, I, I bought some of his uh, art collections. Uh, he did a lot of uh, novel cover arts and and uh, portrait work and whatnot he, he's absolutely incredible i actually have like three or four uh, prints of his posters put up in my apartment um but yeah he uh, he actually was the artist for this cover um and it as is customary it's absolutely gorgeous um i don't even know if this movie's good but it's about a giant fucking octopus i i really watched uh i watched the tv movie peter benchley's the beast like all the fucking time when I was young and uh, actually have it on DVD. Um, I have a weakness for, for this particular subgenre. 
I could totally see myself just opening my wallet and buying this uh, without having any idea of its quality. Um, but bopping on down, what else we got? Um, we have a, a double feature pack of the Adom- the Abominable Dr. Fibes slash uh, Dr. Fibes Rises Again. This would be the Vincent Price uh, headlined films. Uh, I've wanted to see these. I know them by reputation. I've seen like old trailers of them from like VHN vhs rentals back in the day and i i really do appreciate vincent price i don't know that i would buy this but it's kind of cool that they're putting it out um we have uh last looks from rlj entertainment this is a uh, charlie hunnam uh mel gibson uh yeah uh, this very much looks like a direct-to-video production um could be fun i can't really tell though um that that's that's actually something i'd like to look up after the fact because depending on like who the who the like behind the scenes people are like if there's like a, a really talented stunt crew or something working on that one i i could see myself renting that or something um we have uh another 2003 japanese release uh, we have zatoichi colon the blind swordsman as uh, so this is as i said from 2003 and this is uh, Beat Takeshi, uh, Takeshi Kitano. Uh, this is his take on the, uh, I think it's a Shintaro Katsu uh, Zatoichi character, um, who was a beloved figure from like the 70s and I believe through the early 80s uh, character. Basically, it's a blind swordsman who I think he's a he's like a masseuse as his like day job. But in between that, he, he cuts the fuck out of people with his with his sword. Um, Satoichi is a wonderful character. It was a long series of films. Um, I only own one of them. I've seen numerous Satoichi titles over the years. Uh, I I remember they made a a female version. Um, I think it was just called Ichi uh, in the 2000s. I didn't see that. Um, but the only Satoichi film I actually own is a uh, Satoichi meets Yojimbo, which the title reads like Abbott and Costello meet meet dracula or the wolfman or whatever or frankenstein meets the wolfman or whatever the fuck um that one's actually kind of fun it's it's not exactly full of fireworks or anything like it's not an a slam bang action thriller but toshiro mifune is in it and shintaro katsu is in it and they are playing their iconic characters and you know as a fan of both of those properties that's all you need uh zatoichi uh, as done by beat takeshi is a uh, quirky to say the least uh this is the film that uh even if you haven't seen it maybe there's a chance you're aware that it ends with a uh, clog dancing like that's that's the end of the film is like the the cast like dancing <laughs> like it's just a it's like a dreamworks movie ending or something uh very very violent when like in the few instances where violence needs to happen um i saw this one in the theater with my friends uh in 2003 it was a it was a fun time it's not it's a movie i haven't revisited since though um not exactly in a hurry to do so i probably won't be picking that up but like very similar to 2ldk it's like oh yeah that's a thing like i i I totally forgot about that until they put it out on blu-ray in 2022 um bopping on down we have uh, spirit walker being put up by uh well go this is a uh korean like action thriller that i know absolutely nothing about other than a couple of clips that i saw uh, via a couple of instagram accounts that i follow that specialize in uh stunt and martial arts choreography in a film uh it looks like there's at least a couple of minutes of cool shit in this movie 
Uh, but beyond that, I know nothing about it. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, we have a film called War Hunt, uh, which features uh, Mickey Rourke and an eye patch on the cover. Um, I I am tempted to like watch this movie. I know nothing about it, but I think I saw a review of it posted a while back. I don't think it's any good, but it's most certainly at Lionsgate title. Uh, that cover art is ridiculous. It looks very poorly photoshopped. One of those jobs that's like, yeah, I could probably do that if I, you know, didn't have a day job. But um, yeah, Mickey Rourke and an eye patch uh, in a film called War Hunt, all one word. Um, and I think that's about it for the week. Um, not a whole lot of titles in terms of volume, but there's there's a couple of heavy hitters there in that week. So let's pop on down to the next one. Uh, we got April 19th, 2022, and our first 4K title uh, is Heavy Metal on 4K from 1981 to 2000. So this also includes Heavy Metal 2000, which, if memory serves, uh, was uh, a HBO production. As far as I recall, it debuted on uh, HBO and remained there for the most part. Like You could buy it on VHS and whatnot, but it was mostly like an HBO production or something. Uh, this is being put out by Sony Pictures, and I think it comes in a steelbook, which is very appropriate given that it's heavy metal. Um, I happen to like heavy metal. Like Heavy Metal 2000 is odd in that it's it's like a straightforward narrative, whereas heavy metal is largely a, a series of vignettes and also a lot of different um, styles of animation and and character design like like the the figure drawings change like from from sequence to sequence whereas heavy metal 2000 is much more straightforward and as far as i recall it's it's basically just a movie and not only that unfortunately it's not a particularly handsome movie um you do have the inclusion of michael ironside as the big bad which is always welcome especially in the world of voice acting um but yeah i don't remember the animation being particularly interesting like it's it's it almost has like a like a, a Tim verse, like a like a Warner Brothers animation studio kind of look to it. Um, it feels too dark. Like like heavy metal needs to be outrageous and colorful and, and gaudy. But I remember heavy metal two thousand just being kind of dreary. Um, I like heavy metal. Uh, both the music and the movie. Um, and the music in the movie. Um, there's some good songs in there. Um, yeah, heavy metal is a good time. I actually have this two pack on DVD. Um, I don't know that I would upgrade to the 4K um, as it's it's not a movie I see myself coming back to very frequently, and it's also fairly expensive at the moment. Um, but in general, I've, I've I've seen heavy metal a couple of times. I I quite enjoy it. Um, it's from an interesting era in American animation where very daring moves were being done by a select few individuals in the animation industry like Ralph Bakshi and and people like that um but yeah uh, this was a good time I I'm actually considering coming back to this one and maybe picking it up but no 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 I, I gotta I gotta pay my rent <laughs> but uh let's move on uh so we have a, a release of Cabin in the Woods on 4K. It looks like it had been released previously, though, so it's just like a steelbook edition of that. Um, and we have In the Heat of the Night, uh, which it says uh, 1967 through 1961. So apparently this is uh, three different movies. So we have In the Heat of the Night, 
They have They Call Me Mr. Tibbs and The Organization. I uh, actually was not aware that In the Heat of the Night was a trilogy of films. I did know there was a TV show because I uh, ran into it a couple of times on like Nick at Night or something. Um, these are actually movies that I would very much like to check out. Sidney Poitier is a really awesome screen presence. Um, I remember being really taken with him in, of all movies, The, the Jackal with a Richard Gere and Bruce Willis. He was, he, he's not in that movie very much, but he sticks out. Um, and I always remember my dad speaking very highly of him. Um, unfortunately, he's an actor from that era where I, you know, I wasn't born and uh, I very seldom come back to it. But yeah, uh, these movies carry a, a, a very strong reputation and he as an actor in particular is kind of a big fucking deal. So um, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind checking these out. I don't know that I would blind buy them, but I would check it out. Oh, shit. Uh, Rod Steiger is also listed on the cast. Um, that's another actor that my uh, my dad was kind of up on back in the day. Um, so high marks for In the Heat of the Night. Actually, speaking of high marks, um, I will just toss it out there. Apparently, uh, Blu-ray.com rated the video and audio quality of, of this package 5 out of 5. So holy shit, they, they did it right. And uh, these are being put out by Kino, by the way. So Kino, as Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast would say, is killing it. Um, beside that, though, uh, because we, we, had a high, we had a very classy movie to talk about, now we need to talk about something else. Uh, we have Jackass Forever uh, from Paramount Pictures uh, from 2022. Um, Jackass is one of those things that I uh, often... Uh, underestimate the cultural footprint of um, because I personally um, didn't really watch a whole lot of Jackass um, I, but I was surrounded by people who did um, and thought it was absolutely fucking hilarious and now as an adult when I see old clips of, of the show I, I understand it's not that I, I ever had any sort of disdain for it it's just I wasn't exposed to it I just didn't watch it um, but I, I fully acknowledge uh, the, the stunts put together by these guys over the years are more often than not absolutely fucking hilarious. Um, and I've had, you know, uh, through osmosis, I've picked up a thing or two. Like, I, I, I watched some fucking wrestling, like, back in the day. So Wee Man, Jason Wee Man, uh, he, he's known to me. And Johnny Knoxville flirted with Hollywood there for a while. I've I've, I've seen a couple of his movies. I've seen fucking Men in Black 2. I've seen The Ringer, <laughs> that, that problematic film by 2022 standards. Um, and, and, and I watched fucking WrestleMania. So I, I saw Johnny Knoxville take, take a couple of bumps this year. Um, I saw the first Jackass film uh, when it first came out. I think our, my parents rented it or something. Um, but beyond that, like I said, I didn't watch the show. Um, though as far as I understand, um, Jackass Forever uh, holds up like, like it's still fucking good. So not something that I'd be like in a hurry to check out. But if it was like on in the background while I roll up to a friend's house or something, yeah, I'd probably sit down and have a laugh. Um, beside that, we have uh, Night Creatures uh, from Shout Factory. This is a uh, horror film from 1962. Uh, if I had to guess, by the presence of Peter Cushing uh, and Oliver Reed, uh, I would not be surprised if this was a Hammer film. Uh, they've been putting out a shit ton of their catalog as of late. Uh, probably a lot of fun, although if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't 
I don't think that's the best cover art they've done over the years. <laughs> like, like I feel like they could have done another pass. Like those, those skeletons, uh, they're they're looking a little, little shitty. If I'm being a hundred percent honest. Although no, they're not. They're not skeletons. They're men wearing robes that are painted to look like skeletons. So maybe it's supposed to look shitty. But yeah, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, not the best cover. Uh, though I, I'm sure it's a fine film. Uh, we have an Arrow box set, uh, Rogue Cops and Racketeers, two crime thrillers from Enzo G. Castellari uh, from 1976 to 1977. Uh, we also have another Criterion release, uh, The Girl Can't Help It, uh, which is, of course, a uh, Jane Mansfield film. Uh, not one that I know by reputation or otherwise, though, but as we tend to say about uh, Criterion films, if it's part of the Criterion collection, it is probably worth your time. Uh, beside that, we have a VHS 94, uh, which is a Shutter original being put out by RLJ Entertainment and is yet another certified fresh. This has to be a fucking record because we have yet another certified fresh title being released beside it and one that I actually uh, am in a hurry to watch. Uh, so this would be The Humans from 2021. This is a Lionsgate film. Uh, very surprisingly a Lionsgate release um, and the reason I say I'm in a hurry to watch this one is that uh, my brother Matt uh, who has a podcast called uh, Couch Co-op uh, he, uh, he recommended this to me uh, he, he told me he strongly urged me to check it out he thought it was excellent um, and so I don't know a damn thing about it other than my brother who I respect quite a bit and more importantly I respect his opinions quite a bit uh, liked it and thought I should watch it. So that's all I need. Um, we have uh, Cyrano from 2021. Uh, this is being put out by Universal. Um, this is directed by Joe Wright. Um, and this is headlined by Peter Dinklage um, and also features Haley Bennett and Ben Mendelsohn. Um, this movie, I've heard some truly divisive reviews about. Um, I will say this much, the uh, the disc got straight fives, so five out of five for both audio and visual quality, um, but the actual content of the film, uh, I've heard some people adore it and think it was like the like hidden gem of 2021, um, but then I've also heard that some people think it's like clunky and silly and not very good, um, so I don't know. It is a musical. Um, I, I know that's not something that was... Uh, marketed very well but it is a musical and some critics like I said really really liked it uh, I don't know personally but uh, my girlfriend is a big fan of musicals so I, uh, if if I end up having to watch this one I will not be surprised uh, and I'm actually I would be very much on board with checking it out uh, because there are talented people working on it and you know couldn't it can't be that bad <laughs> uh Beside that, we have another Criterion release. We have uh, Miracle in Milan. Uh, this is directed by Vittorio De Sica. And I'll just read the plot summary. On the outskirts of Milan, a band of vagabonds work together to form a shantytown. When it is discovered that the land they occupy contains oil, however, it's up to the cherubic orphan Toto, with some divine help, to save their community from greedy developers. Um, now, beyond the plot summary, I don't know a damn thing about this film. However, just looking at the screen captures featured on Blu-ray.com, I can say it is a visually interesting film, to say the very least. And also, that plot summary was intriguing. Um, it's not one that I would be picking up, but, you know, 
maybe uh maybe someone out there would be super like all over about this one but um we have a trio of wc fields films uh, you can't cheat an honest man man on the flying trapeze and you're telling me uh we have the king's daughter what the fuck is this uh it looks like a mermaid film it's being put out by universal starring pierce brosnan kaya skoladario uh benjamin walker oh william hurt my boy uh he passed away unfortunately uh very very recently um Fan Bing Bing. Uh, <laughs> they let her out of prison or whatever the fuck. Uh, imagine that. Um, I'm trying to remember what I heard about this film. Because I seem to remember seeing a blurb or something about this movie um, doing a lot of harm to the studio. <laughs> like to Universal or whoever put it out. Because apparently it tanked or something. Um, and I'm not surprised. I'm not going to be surprised at all if that is true. Because. Uh, beyond seeing it here on the blu-ray calendar uh i don't remember seeing a lick of promotion for this thing so yeah that that that's all i've got for that one um we have the exorcism of god quite the title from 2021 uh from lionsgate films uh that is a, a intriguing cover to say the least uh i don't know a damn thing about it but the reason i called it out was just because of the cover art um we have also for the cover art i'll just throw out there manhattan baby uh aka eye of the evil dead uh from blue underground uh, so this is a blu-ray from blue underground and the plot summary reads an archaeologist opens an egyptian tomb and accidentally releases an evil spirit his young daughter becomes possessed by the freed entity and upon arrival back in new york the gory murders begin sign me up sounds wonderful <laughs> uh beyond the plot summary i don't know a thing about it but uh blue underground has been uh, as far as i understand doing good work over the years they mostly seem to specialize in schlock um however they do have like some decent they do have some decent movies in their catalog and as far as i understand more often than not they do a pretty decent job with their transfers um so i wouldn't be surprised if that was the case with this one um Bottom, bopping on down though we have uh tom sawyer from 1973 i feel like that's a movie that i was exposed to as like a very young child uh that and like pippy Longstocking. i don't actually know this movie but caught my eye and beside that yet another japanese film from 2003 that i'm very familiar with uh this would be from the man himself who seems to come up literally every episode of catching up on blu-ray uh, Ryuhei Kitamura, uh, directing Alive from 2003. Uh, this is, of course, starring Hideo Sakaki, uh, who has worked with this director several times over the years. Uh, I don't know if they still work together today, but um, he was the chief antagonist of Versus, and if memory serves, he had a very small role in uh, Azumi as well. Uh, but here he's the he's the protagonist. Um Tak Sakaguchi, uh, one of Kitamura's like regulars, the protagonist of Versus, um, shows up as like a, a boss fight at the end of this one. I own this one on bootleg DVD because, um, as I've said, every episode of Catching Up on Blu-ray, apparently, um, Kitamura was kind of my guy uh, in the early 2000s. I was enamored with the man. I, wa I watched and or bought all of his movies uh, for a very long time until I didn't. 
Um, and this just happened to fall in that period where I was still into the guy. Um, so yeah, I own this one on bootleg DVD. Um, I'm actually kind of considering upgrading because I'm actually in the middle of consolidating my, my DVD collection um, and like just purging unwanted things and uh, upgrading things to Blu-ray. So now that this is available, I mean, why not? It's it's a decent movie. It's apparently based on a manga too, by the way, which I have not read, but just a little fun fact there. Um, I think that's about it for that week though. So I'm just going to bop on down uh, to April 26th. And uh, this is where things are going to get messy because uh, normally my buddy uh, Brad from the Sin of Speak podcast, he's my go-to for uh, sorting out what's a vinegar syndrome and what is a uh, like a affiliate title of theirs because their their release schedule and system is all sorts of fucky on blu-ray.com so it's really handy to have him as a guide so i'm just going to do my best to try to sort things out on the fly um, but our first major release from april 26th is a is a big one uh, we have terry gilliam's uh, 12 monkeys uh, from 1995 this is being put out by arrow on 4k and i believe it is debuting on the format so this is a big fucking deal and 4k is also is like doubly important to a director like terry gilliam who is such an incredible visualist um this is this is a movie i've long meant to watch because i really really like terry gilliam like i haven't seen a whole lot of his movies but his aesthetic and his sense of humor really really work for me like i've I adore the film Brazil. Uh, it's kind of crept in there as one of my very favorite films. Like I, it, it, it's unexpected. Like, like when you think of me or I think of me, I think of action films, but for whatever reason, Brazil, I saw it when I was early in high school and to this very day, it remains very, very special to me such that I picked up the criterion Blu-ray of it and gobbled up all the special features. And, um, this is, this is a, a movie of Terry Gilliam's that apparently was very, very critically acclaimed. Um, it got a TV series at one point, if memory serves. Um, and I've seen clips of it, and it looks right up my alley. Um, so I, I have not seen this one, but I'm highly considering picking it up blind. Um, beside that, we have another film that I unfortunately haven't seen, but it carries a massive reputation. Uh, that would, of course, be Singing in the Rain, 70th Anniversary Edition from Warner Brothers. Um, this is being put out on 4K, uh, 4.5 out of 5 for the video quality. Uh, this is starring Gene Kelly. Uh, this is a legendary film, uh, carries a stellar reputation. I, of course, know some of the iconic music cues from it, but I have never seen it front to back. Um, and actually, I do know that my uh, my girlfriend is a fan of this one. Uh, I did say that she is a fan of musicals. She has seen this one. Um, so maybe uh, maybe I could pick it up and we could watch it together or something. Um, beside that, though, uh, because we had something classy, we need to walk things back a little bit and uh, dip into some Vincent, some Vinegar Syndrome. We got our uh, Madman on 4K uh, from Vinegar Syndrome. Kind of dig the cover art. It's a... Uh, it's not especially creative, but it's rendered quite well. I'll just say that much. Um, <laughs> the director has my cousin's last name. That's funny. Um, yeah, this is from 1981. It appears to be a slasher movie. Uh, moving on. We also have Schizoid slash X-Ray on 4K from Vinegar Syndrome. So these are two different titles from 1980 to 1982. Uh, 
yeah, uh, Klaus Kinski's in there. Uh, he's weird. Um, <laughs> we have a, a 4K, uh, a Criterion 4K of a For All Mankind from 1989. This is a, a documentary uh, chronicling the American space program and its rush to put a man on the moon. Uh, I, I would actually really be interested in checking this out. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I've seen parts of it at some point in my life, um, but the space race is kind of cool. Like it's, it's an interesting period in American history that uh, I wouldn't mind doing a little bit of a deep dive on. Uh, we have another Vinegar Syndrome title, uh, Dracula Sucks uh, on 4K. Uh, this is a, a, a porno film, uh, as far as I understand. It is indeed rated X. Um, what else we got? Uh, we have two different special edition like cases from Moonfall, which, as far as I understand, um, I don't know if it's coming out this week, but Moonfall's coming out in some capacity. I heard that movie totally fucking sucked. Uh, it's a Roland Emmerich film um, doing the disaster thing again, although I don't know. The, I feel like the, the energy, just the juice just isn't there anymore although i haven't seen it i you know i could be talking directly out my ass um we have dr strange from shout factory this is from 1978 uh so as far as i understand this was this is an, like an official dr strange film however this of course came out well before marvel had any sort of studio power um in the film industry so that i'm guessing they like licensed out the character and only the character um, I have heard this movie drag some serious fucking ass. In fact, I heard, I heard it talked about on, on a podcast just today where um, costuming's nice. Sets are nice. Like, the iconography, like, like, like things look as they should from the comics. Uh, but beyond that, um, it is a boring-ass film. Um, we have a Criterion release of Round Midnight from 1986, uh, this is directed by Bertrand Tavernier. Um, I'll just read the plot summary. In the 1950s, Dale Turner, a gifted black saxophonist with a drinking problem, leaves behind New York and his estranged family and relocates to Paris. There he plays for a progressive, jazz-loving audience without being judged by his race and ages quietly in peace. Not intending to turn away from his vices, Dale nonetheless becomes the project of a French fan who tries to help him fight his alcoholism, ultimately inspiring both Dale and his music. Sounds nice. Uh, not anything that I'd be in a hurry to check out, but sounds nice. Uh, <laughs> Hard Rock Zombies, on the other hand, that's more up my alley. Uh, we have Hard Rock Zombies slash Slaughterhouse Rock from Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, these are two different films from 1985 and 1988. Uh, I won't be picking up those either. I'm just joking. Uh, we got Stiff Competition on 4K from Vinegar Syndrome. I have to assume, based on that title and it being from 1985, that is likely a porno as well. Uh, we have an Arrow release of Twisting the Knife, four films by Claude Chabrol. Uh, not a director known to me. But Arrow does good work, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's a handsome package. Um, we got Watchers 2 on Blu-ray from Shout Factory. Uh, it says it's limited to 1,500 copies. Huh, interesting. Um, Watchers is... I'm trying to remember who uh, who wrote the book, because I, I had a friend back in the day 
um, who is really, really, really into Watchers. <laughs> like, they talked it up so much. Like, I had a friend back in the day who was really into Pumpkinhead and a friend who was really into Watchers. And I, I remember he, he talked up the reveal of uh, Michael Ironside's character being shocker of all shockers evil in that film. I was like, are you, have you seen a movie? Dean Koontz, by the way, is the author of the novel from which the apparently franchise of films i I did know that there were direct-to-video sequels to the watchers film um but he wrote the the source novel uh i've only seen the first one i I haven't seen any of the sequels so watchers 2 i don't have any hype for but uh the original watchers is a well i mean the first thing you notice is it's an extremely canadian production um and beyond that it's like it's like half of a fun movie like it's it's very watchable and, and, like, there is some child death in there, which is always appreciated in your monster-slash-horror movies. Um, but beyond that, it's a little bit of a fart in the wind. Um, though I I don't know what that fucking kid friend of mine... Like, I, I don't know what he saw in that movie, but I just remember him, like, seeing it on TV or something and just coming to school the next day and just talking up, talking up how, like, dude, Michael Ironside's the third creature. And I was like whoa shocker of all shockers michael ironside's in a movie and he's a bad guy whoa uh but bopping on down uh what else we got here uh we got a kino release of grand slam which uh damn that's a handsome cover i kind of dig it uh starring janet lay uh robert hoffman hey our buddy klaus kinski he's in there too um what else what else uh breakout uh, also from Kino, this is a Charlie Bronson film, but also featuring uh, Robert Duvall uh, and, and I'm guessing uh, a young-ish Randy Quaid. Uh, and uh, it's produced by Robert Chartoff and Erwin Winkler. Um, the only reason I point that out is that those are the gentlemen who gave us Rocky. Um, I don't know why I know that. I just do. Um, we got something called Slash Dance from 1989. <laughs> I'm guess it I'm guessing it's a attempt it's like a porno or a or a you know a softcore uh aping of the Flashdance film. I, that's my guess. I don't really know, but some of the screenshots on like on blu-ray.com look uh pretty raggedy though. Just say that much. Uh we have a Criterion release of something I am going to mispronounce. Um says uh Ayi Mofe. This is my desire. Uh, in Lagos, Nigeria, tragedy and fate intervene as two people try to better the lives of their families. And this is actually a film from 2020. Um, if I had to guess it's a Nigerian film, I actually don't know a damn thing about it. But as we tend to say, it's Criterion. Probably worth your time. Um, as far as anime title goes, uh, I'll just throw out there that we do have a uh, 2002 release of Lupin Third, Episode Zero as well as uh, City Hunter 91. Uh, so those are two mega franchises in the world of uh, classic anime. Um, we got a Lionsgate film by the title of Expired from 2022. Um, the only reason I call it out is because just at a glance, you can tell it's a fucking Lionsgate. Um, we got uh, One for the Road from 2003. And the only reason I'm pointing this out is that this is uh, from Indicator, which is a relatively new label in the United States, uh, something that Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast uh, uh, educated me on. Uh, I was not aware of that, but uh, their uh, their label is 
instantly recognizable where it's like an it's like an inverted arrow label kind of like if if you're familiar with how arrow does their cover art it's kind of similar to that but it's indicator is the label and they did this one um we have uh agfa our good buddies agfa the american john filmer archive uh putting out a film by the name of pathogen from 2006 uh brad had told me about this one it sounded like it's like a a high school like a film made by high schoolers shot on like a mini dv cam sounds incredibly charming sounds like it'd be very nostalgic for me uh and the days where i was doing exactly this kind of bullshit um brad's a fan of agfa i wouldn't be surprised if he runs out and picks this one up uh, we have Scanner Cop two, 1 and 2 on 4K being put out by Vinegar Syndrome. And by listening to uh, Brad's most recent episode on the Cinema Speak podcast, uh, I've been made aware that he actually did pick these up. Uh, he only watched the first Scanner Cop as of yet, but um, he said the cover art is basically the best part of the movie, unfortunately. Um, I will point out that uh, this one does include a commentary from a show that uh, I'm actually kind of a fan of. So that was actually kind of the biggest selling point for it rather than the movie itself for me although that's not enough of a justification for me to spend vinegar syndrome money on a on a blind buy for something um i and i think that might be it folks like i think i might be tapped out for april 2022 uh so as is customary and uh it's just me today so i'll uh i'll do this on my own here uh I'm going to work my way backwards through the calendar and just shout out any titles that might be uh, potential watches and or purchases for me with emphasis on the purchases. So uh, I'm retracing my steps here and yikes, Uh, I don't think I'm going to be buying anything from April 26th. Uh, 12 Monkeys and Singing in the Rain are films that I I need to see, Um, though I'm not in a position to just like blind just like buy them right here and now um uh, i'd probably i'll will watch them at some point i'm just not gonna buy those particular discs um ryuhei kitamura's uh, alive is most certainly a maybe um i already own it on on bootleg dvd but you know the upgrade to the official blu-ray might be kind of nice especially considering the image quality of that bootleg is not great nor is the subtitle quality at that um heavy metal i'm actually considering like if it comes down in price or if it comes out in like a non-steelbook uh container uh i'm not a huge fan of steelbooks like i'll just leave it at that um if it comes out in like a cheaper version or something and uh, better yet if it comes out minus uh heavy metal 2000 that's that's a maybe for sure like i actually do like heavy metal um uh, I already have both Spider-Man No Way Home because, as I said, I'm a degenerate. I collect this shit. I, I have all the MCU movies, um, and I'm actually kind of hoping that they resume putting out the uh, the Netflix shows on Blu-ray because I, I had a tangent on episode past where uh, I, I'm one of those few people who, who actually has physical releases of some of those Netflix shows, uh, but they kind of stopped so we're, we're left in a position where it's like, so you mean I have Daredevil season one and season two, but that's it. Like, that's all we're going to do. Um, but yeah, I have Spider-Man No Way Home on 4K. I watched it. Probably going to be a long time before I rewatch it. Uh, Robocop 4K, I have my uh, Arrow special edition. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
I'm looking forward to watching it again and also listening to the commentary because Paul Verhoeven is a hoot. Uh, he is a wonderful interview. Um, moving further up the calendar, uh, like I said, Megalobox 2, uh, Nomad. That is a, that's a maybe, but it's probably going to be a no, uh, if I'm being 100% honest. Um, Superior 8 Ultra Brothers, like I said, already bought it, um, watched it probably going to be a long time before we watch it uh, ultra 7x is a hard pass um which is saying a lot considering i really do love ultraman and have a lot of fucking ultraman on my shelf but that's one that i just don't need to go back to 2ldk that's a maybe uh probably a pass but it's it's nice to have a healthy reminder that it exists uh, because i did rewatch and review uh, Aragami, the other half of that dual project, very recently. So it's like, hmm, maybe I should watch the other half, the the other apparently better half of that project, because it is a it's a novel concept, and I did like Aragami, and it it's interesting to note that Two LDK carries the better reputation of the two. Uh, Death on the Nile, I really do want to watch. Um, I'm not gonna buy that shit though. Uh, Scream, also really want to watch, but I'm, I I'm. I don't own the other Scream movies, so it, it would be very strange to buy the fifth one and none of the others. So, um, yeah, probably a pass until, like, maybe they put out, like, a, a box set of all of them and it's reasonably priced. Um, and also, I haven't seen it yet. I don't even know if it's good. Um, but I'm actually making plans to watch it, like, in the weeks to come. So this might be a purchase if, it, if I end up enjoying it. If that certified fresh stamp ends up being correct... Uh, this one is a maybe, uh, as well as the other Scream films, because like I said, I, I liked all of them except the third one's like the one I'd hesitate the most to come back to. But in general, I, I think Scream is a pretty solid franchise. Uh, Wes Craven's a lovely human being. It's really unfortunate that he, he had to pass away. Like, sucks. Um, but yeah, I guess that's about it for April 2022 as far as physical media releases go. So thus concludes our Catching Up on Blu-ray episode. Um, but that being said, uh, folks at home, uh, if you'd like to catch up on any of our other uh, Catching Up on Cinema content, you can find all of that collected on our website at uh, catchinguponcinema.com. Uh, you can also find us on the Instagram at Catching Up on Cinema, as well as the Twitter at Catching Cinema. So feel free to hit me up at either of those. Uh, and the show is available on pretty much every podcasting platform you can imagine, including Cephalopod. So fucking Google it. And that being said, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time.